No, we're honored to celebrate Easter with you guys. Here's the, here's the reality, right? Easter is not just a holiday. Like, it is a holiday. Like, we get to have fun. We get to wake up, and the Easter bunny's been here, and we get to eat. Does anybody else eat just the ears off of the bunny first? Anybody else besides me? Okay, all right. I'm not the only sadistic one around here, right? There's about 10 more of you. The rest, we can convene. We will talk about our problems together. Yeah, you get to wake up, and, and like, you, you get the family pictures, and you get the celebration, and, and all that, and it's great, and, and I love that about, about Easter, because I, I love, cel- I'm an energetic guy anyway, and so I love anything that gives me a reason to be energetic, and Easter is definitely that, but here's the concern that can happen, is that we can take Easter, and we can celebrate it as a moment, rather than something that changes lives. And, and what I don't want to happen is that. And, and over the past several weeks here at Radiate, we've been talking, if you've been here in general lately, we've been talking about this concept that moments actually move into movements or go into movements that change lives. And yes, Easter was a moment. And if you don't know what Easter is celebrating, I'm going to ruin the end of the story for you today. And it's this. It's that they thought they had this man named Jesus who was the savior of the universe, all under wraps and under control and in a tomb with a stone in front of it and all these things taking place. But they weren't ready for day three. They thought on Friday that things were okay. But then Saturday came and they were a little sad. But then on Sunday, come on somebody, you think it was loud in here today. You weren't at the tomb when it took place. And he rose again on the third day. But here's the crazy thing. The man called his own shot. And I don't know about you, but a man that goes, hey, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to get back up and rise again on the third day, and then does it? I think I'm going to follow that guy. I think I'm going to listen to what he's got to say. And so that's why we celebrate, but the reality is it was certainly a moment. But watch this. It rolled into a movement that is still changing lives today. It has still changed my life. It is changing my life. It is changing my kids' life. It is changing my family's life, your family's life. The reality is the same thing that took place then is the same thing that we have access to today. And, and, and that's what I really kind of want to spend time on today is that Easter is the example and the illustration. Because yes, the tomb was rolled open. Yes, the tomb was open and Jesus came back up. But watch this. It's an illustration, an example of what God wants and can do in our lives today. That you may have walked in. And here's what I know. There's people that walked in this room at 8.30 this morning. There's people that walked in this room at 6 o'clock last night. There's people that walked in this room for this service, and there are people that will walk in this room at the 11.30. There's people sitting in Florence, and there's people sitting in their living room watching this today, and you feel dead. And you feel like everything is just holed up empty inside this empty cave, and there's a stone in front of it, and you can never get out of the darkness. But I'm here to tell you, I serve a God that is an expert at rolling away stones. You, you have access to a God that is an expert at opening dead tombs and raising dead men back up. And the reality is today, that's an example for us. That's an opportunity for us. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about what that looks like. And we're going to hang out in Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to start in verse 57 in a minute. But before we get there, because I'm going to pick up in the story after Jesus has been killed and suffocated to death on a cross, and they're about to put him in a grave, that's where I'm going to pick up. But why? We have to answer this question. 
is one of the things that I'm big on is you have to understand the fullness of the story in order to really understand what's taking place. So why in the world was Jesus killed in the first place? What was so special about Jesus? Oh, well, he, he, he did miracles. Can I tell you, that's not why he was killed. They really didn't much care that he was doing miracles. He did great things. He, he challenged things. Yes, he challenged things, but here's why he was killed. The problem was not what he did. The problem was what he was trying to get people to put allegiance towards. Because you have to know that in that day, there was this thing called the Roman government. And the Roman government wanted all your allegiance. They wanted your money. They wanted your allegiance. They wanted you to lean on me when you're not strong. Y'all didn't know I had it like that. Come on, somebody. That's all I got, though. That's all I got. That's all I can give you. Y'all, man, it'll, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. That was the Roman government. They wanted you to depend on them. And so everybody's kind of like, okay, they're our hope. You know, they're what we're going to do. And then this man named Jesus rides in. And it really kind of begins to take head on Palm Sunday, which would have been last Sunday, where they come in and they're, they're expecting Jesus to be this governmental authority that overthrows the government and changes things. And that's when they were like, all right, this is too much. And the Pharisees or the religious, ultra-religious, crazy religious, super-religious, Jesus-juke kind of people. Actually, they weren't Jesus-juke because they didn't like Jesus. But they knew all the scriptures, but they would cherry-pick the scriptures to push agendas. And so, like, they would just find what they wanted, and they would, make, they would teach it so that you would do what they wanted you to do. And most of them were paid off by the government, so they used um, scriptures to push the government. And you're sitting there going, is this a political message? No. In fact, erase politics from it. I'm giving you history on what took place. And so the Roman government wanted their allegiance. So Jesus shows up and goes, no, listen. He goes, he says things like this. He says things like, obey the laws of the land, but give your allegiance to an eternal kingdom. And that, that got people riled up. They were kind of like, wait, excuse me? Like, you want them to do what we say, that's fine, but they, they're not allegiance. Like, they're not, they're not cemented to us. They're not, they're not stabilized by us. He'd say things like, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, but give to God what's God's. See, the Roman government didn't like that in that day because they were like, no, 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 we get everything. It doesn't matter. You don't give somebody else our stuff. And Jesus was going, I don't care about the Roman government. Here's what Jesus was teaching. It's okay to be in the world and not of the world. He was teaching things like this. Jesus would say things like this. Store up treasures in heaven. Not on earth where moth and rust can destroy. In other words, he would say this. It's fine, have your stuff here, but you need to store up more stuff up there because the eternal kingdom is the one that will never be shaken. The eternal kingdom is the one that will never go away. The eternal kingdom is the one that will never leave you nor forsake you. you. You get where all this is coming. See, Jesus was, was, was shaking things up a bit, and the Roman government was like, I don't like this guy. And so they bring him before Pilate with all these accusations and they incorrectly and unjustly find him guilty and they take him and they give it and they torture him and mock him and all this stuff and put him on a cross. He suffocates to death on the cross, blood dripping down and staining the sand and the cross. And here's what happens in chapter 27 of Matthew beginning in verse 57. After they get him off the cross, this is what takes place. When it was evening... There came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple. And this man went to Pilate, and he asked for the body of Jesus. Can we stop for a second? You've got you to understand that this didn't just happen. People don't just walk up to Pilate. 
In that day, people didn't just walk up to Pilate and hey, say, hey, can I have? That's not how that worked. But there was something that made him so bold because something took place in his life to ask him to go, to cause him to go to a man that had ultimate authority in that day and say, can I have what is yours? What was it? It was the belief in Jesus. Because it says he became a disciple. He's followed his teaching and he lived his life and his life had been so impacted. He was like, I got to be a part of what's about to take place because I believe this man. I believe who he is. Let's keep going. Verse 59. And Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and he went away. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite of the grave. How would you like that to be your name? She's just referred to as the other Mary. It's like, oh, there's Mary Magdalene. Oh, there's the other Mary. Y'all, I feel sorry for it. When I get to heaven, I'm just going to walk up to her. I'm going to find her. I'm going to be like, hey, Jesus, where's the other Mary? She's in the corner over there all by herself. Nobody even knows her last name. She's just hanging out. And I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to put my armor in her. I'm going to be like, nobody else gave you props. I gave you props, Mary. I don't know your last name, but we're friends now. You were forgotten at the tomb, but I got you, girl. Verse 62. I just think that verse is hilarious to me. The other Mary. I think that's so funny. Verse 62. Now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was alive, that deceiver said. What is deceiver? A liar, right? I think this is funny to me. That deceiver said, after three days, I am to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day. If he was such a liar, why are they worried about it? Why are they worried about it? They said, they said, go make the grave secure. And they said, otherwise his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead and the last deception will be worse than the first. So they give this explanation. Maybe the, maybe the disciples will, will steal him away. Go make, the, go make it secure. Y'all, if they didn't believe some way. You ever done something and in the back of your mind you kind of go, but what if? What if what they said is true? Like, you kind of like, there might be something to that, right? It's somewhere along, I just think that the Pharisees and Pilate and all was sitting back going, I don't know, he did some crazy, like, he opened some blinded eyes. Like, he may get back up. That guy, he did some stuff. I love this. They made it secure, right? But until the third day, let's keep going, verse 65. Pilate said to them, you have a guard? So Go. Make it as secure as you know. And they went and they made the grave secure. And along with the guard, they set a seal on the stone. I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one, they put a guard in front of the tomb. Why is that important? See, here's what we have to understand is they rolled this t- stone in front of the grave. That should have been enough. And it's not one of those stones that you're going to hook an F-250 up to and just like spin tires and pull it out of the way. This is one of those stones. Is this going to take real men? Like men that, ah, 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 ah. Like big men, not me kind of man. Like I'm a small man. You need big men. And I mean like muscular men. Dynamite comes in small packages, so don't you discount me. But you got to have several more of me than normal to, to roll this stone. So that should have been enough. They're like, no, why don't you put a guard in front? And you got to understand this wasn't one guard. 
This was a group of guards. This was a guard unit. This was multiple guards. In fact, most theologians, most historians believe that it was one of the top guards in the Roman government that was placed outside of this tomb because they were so worried about it. Why would they put a unit, uh, uh, multiple guards? Because they had to stay awake around the clock. They had to be awake around the clock. Why? Because they couldn't fall asleep. Watch this. If you fell asleep on duty, they would kill you. That was part of the, that's what happened. And not only would they kill you if you fell asleep, they'd kill everybody in your unit. And so you are sitting there with the weight of knowing, I couldn't, if I took my melatonin too late last night, then I was just going to have to stay awake. Something, I got to do jumping jacks. I got to do something to stay up so that my whole unit goes home to their family. And so you got this unit that had been tried. They knew, and if it was one of the top units likes believe, they knew. They knew what was supposed to happen, which makes the fact that later in the story, we'll read it again, where they fall asleep or become like dead men, or translated, can be translated over to they fell asleep. Watch this. Even more interesting because they never would have done that. They never would have done that because they were trained not to. They knew how not to. They were the top. Why would they have fallen asleep? Well, it had to be a greater power. Something had to take place that took them out of their training and make something miraculous take place in that moment in order for them to fall asleep at the guard. And they weren't even doing anything strenuous. They were just sitting there making sure nobody walked in. So you got the guard out front making sure everything's safe around the clock. Then watch this. The Roman government shows up and they take the seal and they put it on the stone. And I'm not talking about, y'all hear me, I'm not talking about like going to Home Depot and putting a caulk around the edge and then running your finger around it and getting that perfect bead around that thing. And then you wipe it on your pants. That's what you do every time you caulk something. That's what I do. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the seal at Riverbank Zoo. I'm talking about they take... That was a dumb joke. They take, it was a a dad joke. They take this seal, and what the seal was, it was the property of the Roman government, and they take this seal, and they put it on the stone. Are you following me? And they say, here's why that's important. That's their way of going, this is now our property. This ain't your property, because what happens when the seal is on something, if you tamper with it, if you validate it, or or, or vandalize it, or if you mess with it, you can now be tried and executed for messing with government property. Now let's go back to what was taking place and why Jesus was arrested to begin with. There was a power struggle between two kingdoms going on, the Roman government and the kingdom of God. And the Roman government was always going, give me your allegiance. Give me your, your trust. Trust in me. Give me all that you have. And Jesus comes along and goes, give all that you have to God. Try, yeah, that's fine. Pay your taxes. That's fine. Do what the law says. But give me your allegiance. Put your faith in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God will never be shaken. The Roman government will. The kingdom of God will always be here. The Roman government will fade one day. And this, this structure is going on. And so, y'all, I can't help but think this was a little bit of a power play on the governmental structure and on Pilate's behalf to go, wait a second, you know that kingdom that he talked about? I've already beat it. Do you follow what's happening? They said, no, 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 no. I know you trusted him, but look, uh, there's my seal. My seal's on this thing. I've won. He's dead. I'm alive. His seal's nowhere. My seal is here. And they stood there, and they made sure that that seal was protected. But they weren't ready for day three. They weren't ready for Sunday morning. They were fine on Friday night. They had it all under control. Their top guards were standing there, arms crossed, muscles bulging, right? They were on steroids, all that stuff. 
They had the seal. Friday was quiet, but all of a sudden, something began to shake on a, Friday, on a Sunday morning. All of a sudden, something began to change on a Sunday. All of a sudden, those guards got a little more sleepy on a Sunday morning. All of a sudden, something began to come down from the sky on a Sunday morning. All of a sudden, from inside the tomb, something began to shake just a little bit to catch everybody's attention. To go, wait a second, this ain't normal. Something's a little off here. Something's changing here. And y'all, I'm just telling you, all of a sudden, that governmental seal that had all the structure to where they said, my name is over his name. All of a sudden, the name that they tried to claim has now about to be conquered and defeated and the victory of God is about to take place. It's important to know why all this stuff is there because in verse 20, or chapter 28 of verse, uh, verses 1 through 6 of chapter 28, the story continues. And it says, Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, and here we go, and the other Mary, can I just make this known? Our phrase here at Radiate Church is you matter. It's been our phrase for 10 years. We say it all the time. I just want the other Mary to know she matters. And the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. I love that God just sat down on their authority. He just said, at the expense of sounding a little off color, if you will, he said, I'm going to sit my butt on your authority. He said, your authority's got nothing on me. Because what's about to take place is going to show that. Continue. Verse 3. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. Verse 4. The guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. For he has risen. And I love, yeah. I love this power play. The angel goes, just as he said. Just like he told you he would. Just as he said. And then... There's this moment, I just see the angels kind of looking at Mary and Magdalene and going, you got it, but the other Mary, she's struggling a little bit. Because can we just admit, I, no matter how, how long we've been following Jesus, can we just admit the story's a little hard to comprehend? It's a lot. It's not natural. It's not normal that a dead man gets up out of a grave. It's not normal that you see an angel. It's not, let's just, let's just acknowledge that. And I think the angels looked and said, okay, I can see your wheels turning. And you're like, wait a second. So he actually did what he said he was going to do. So he's actually gone. So he's actually not in there. And here's what the angel says. Come, see. Come see the place where he was lying. In other words, come here. Let me show you the power of what just took place. So I want to ask you today, would you lean in just a minute? Come, come here. I want you to see. I want you to see the power of what's taking place in your life. And I'm not talking about thousands of years ago. I'm talking about that moment started something that's taking place in your life today. And in my life today, watch this. Let's say that this little box right here is our life. 
let's say that this is how we live. This is what we do. And what happens as we live life, I don't know about you guys, but I got a really good grasp on how my life is supposed to be. Right? I got a great plan. I got it all figured out. And if God would just listen to me, it'd be real easy. But don't we all know that life isn't that predictable? Things happen, don't they? Things happen good. Things happen bad. It's just life. It doesn't mean God's absent. It doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love you. Here's what it means. It's just life. And what happens as we live this life is these labels and these seals, or what I'll call them, begin to attach themselves to our life. Like, like you go through something and now you got the name of cancer that follows you everywhere you go. You can't get a cough without thinking about it being something worse. You, you know, you get these things like, like a label like, I'm just forgotten. Nobody sees me. Nobody pays attention. I don't matter to anybody. I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter. You got these things like these different medicines that you need. I'm not saying you don't need them. But now you're so dependent on them that they just become who we are. It's just I'll always have this. Or maybe it's the failures in your life. Or maybe it's somebody just telling you how ugly you are and you'll never be anything. I don't know. Anxiety, depression, infertile, whatever the name is. And we collect these things in our lives. And sometimes they bury themselves down. And, but they all attach to us at a certain time. And then as we continue to live life, we may go through moments where everything's good. But doesn't life get shaken sometimes? You lose that loved one that you thought you'd never lose. You didn't get the promotion that you worked real hard for. You got all these questions about all this stuff and things. And as life shakes, the seals that we've collected throughout our lives begin to pop. And they begin to pop up. And they begin to come up in our lives. And what happens is, is the more that they come up in our lives, the more that we begin to identify by them. Oh, I'm just anxious. Oh, I'm just depressed. Oh, I'm just this. Oh, I'm just that. And they pop up and we begin to live it out. And now all of a sudden we become what we thought we had conquered. But I'm here to tell you it's not your name that can conquer any of these names. See, there's a name. And his name is Jesus. And his name, he's already defeated. It says death, hell, and the grave. He's already got up from death one time. He's already said, I'm conquering the name that they put on the tomb. They thought they had me down. And so what happens when we realize that is we begin to put it on our life and go, all right, when life shakes, it's not this stuff don't pop. It's not that stuff don't hurt. It's not that stuff don't get aggravating. It's not that it don't come back up. It's that now it's got to bow to Jesus. It's that now it's got to go through him first. It's that his name is above their name. It's that his name is stronger than their name. And I'm just here to tell some people in the room that this Easter is an Easter where your life may be shaking, but everything moving forward is now shifting. I know you're going through a shaking. I know there's names that you're identifying as but I'm here to tell you there is no name higher than the name of Jesus and he wants that in your life will you stand with me today come on all across the room because here's what I want us to do over the next few minutes 
Some of us have been claiming these names and they've been popping up in your mind. Anxiety, depression, relationships, infertility, all this stuff. And I'm here to tell you something. His name is the name that conquers all. His name is the one. And in this moment, I just want you to begin to say, no, it's Jesus. Call that thing out. Call that name out. Come on, church. Let's go.